You cannot have the word giving in the Bible without mentioning the word gift. Come on, somebody say gift. Do you know why? Because you cannot, you cannot talk about what has been given without thinking of a gift. What is the difference between giving and lending? What's the difference? If I give you a gift, and I say it's a gift, do I mean you should give me back? Do you hear that? So in the Bible, when you hear the word giving, it is not what is expected to give you something as people hope. However, there are different types of givings which must be understood differently. Did you hear that? I told you that God himself is a giver. God himself is a giver. So we saw scriptures in the Bible, God, when Jesus Christ was going to heaven, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8, he gave men gifts. So Jesus gave gifts. And what are these gifts? So he gave people Apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers. He gave these gifts to men as gifts. And every gift that is given to people as a gift, but it's a personality, it is known Doria. It is called Doria. So God can give you a personality, and that personality could be a Doria. It's called Doria. Right this very minute, if you're watching me now, God gave me to you as a gift. So you need prayer. I am here. I pray for you. You need deliverance. I am here. I deliver you. So God gave you a personality. It is a gift. And that personality, God gave that personality gifts. So in this personality, God gave this personality gifts of prophecy, gifts of healing. Those gifts that God gave me are called charisma gifts or charismatic gifts, which comes from what is called the charis or charis gifts or gifts of grace, which are written in the book of Romans 12 verse 6. They are known as gifts of grace. Charismata, gifts of grace. Somebody said gifts of grace. These gifts, you do not do something to receive them. God gives you so, whether prophecy, whether deliverance, healing, ministry, whatever gifts which you are able to use them as the Spirit gives you utterance or ability. So these gifts are gifts of grace. So God takes gifts of grace, which are? charismata or charisma gifts and puts in a woman or in a man. Then God takes that man and gives people as gifts. So there are two gifts there. The first gifts are gifts of charisma of the spirit for ministry. He puts in a person. 
then he takes the person and makes him to become a gift to a particular community, people, a country, or nations. And then that person becomes a gift. So when you are praying, you yourself, you're praying for, I am praying for financial breakthrough to God. God brings a gift of a personality. Then he says, this man is a gift in your life. The breakthrough you're looking for, when he prays for you, the breakthrough will happen. Oh, am I talking to somebody here? Are you hearing me? So you then now, as a person, when you have a revelation, you also begin to bring your gifts to that gift. Oh, you didn't hear me. You also begin to bring what? Did you hear that? Now watch this. Now where you are, the enemy is looking for you. And I want you to understand something here that is very important. The enemy, the devil, does not touch you without paying the price. Because the enemy understands the devil was in heaven before. He knows until now when you read the book of Revelation, God cannot just be approached. All angels don't just approach God. The Bible says when you make a prayer, did you hear me? When you make what? The Bible says angels, they take those prayers. You hear me? And they convert them into smoke. Did you hear me? Then they put them in a censer. Then they go on the altar. The Bible says then they take, they mix them now with the precious odors. Including what? Incense. Including what? What else? Frankincense. Then they, they, put, they put all those things in your prayer. Then they go on the altar where they make. Are you understand what I'm saying? Then they bring those prayers on the altar. Then they say to God, your child is praying. Because God cannot just be approached without gifts. So the enemy knows the devil was there before. The devil knows it. So even the devil, he cannot have power without sacrifice. He knows it. This is why when witches and wizards want to attack you, they also offer sacrifices. Do you, do you understand? Do you know why Abraham became the father of the great nations? Do you know why? When he offered his child as a sacrifice, the moment he gave that child, when he was giving, and I want you to hear this, when he was giving, he never had an expectation in return. It was a gift. But that gift provoked things in the spirit. Hello? He took his child as a personality. And then he took that personality to go and offer to God. He never had an expectation. But when he gave that child, the Bible says God said, from now, in your life, he said you will never lack a thing. From now, I shall make your name great. You are no longer Abraham. You are Abraham. Did you hear that? Then God established his covenant on him. Because he, he went to give. He went to give. Without that giving, 
there was no Abraham you hear today. Are you understanding? Now, let, let me just show you a very important aspect as well as I'm talking to you. Do you know uh, how many here they, they have this question to say, I don't understand why everything I try to do, it doesn't prosper. Do I have any person who wants to know why? Do I have anybody who says, prophet, I want to know today. No one has ever told me why. Why? Why, why are things like this? Do you know why? Now, let's read the scripture. Let me just show you a very important scripture here that uh, is very vital uh, to my ministration today. Okay, so, First Samuel. Oh, I love this. First Samuel 19, verse 5. L look at that. For he took his life in his hands and killed the Philistine. And the Lord brought about a great deliverance for Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. Why then would you sin against innocent blood to kill David without a cause? So from the scripture, the Bible says, he wanted to kill David. So, so wanted to kill David without a reason. There was no reason. Nothing wrong we have done. But the enemy is coming after you without, without a reason. Without a bill attached. Just want to kill you. And do you know why? Do you know why David survived? David survived because of giving. Okay. So there was someone trying to kill him without what? Without a the man we are talking about who wanted to kill David is not just an ordinary man. He is a president. He is the king of Israel called King Saul. Hello? Not only just King Saul. He was into battles, into wars. The Bible says so many moments when King Saul won the battles. And he's looking for one man. Sometimes when we read the Bible, you know, we have this lighter information. Like, oh, King Saul wanted to kill. But I want you to have a reality, a, re a reality in your mind. To think about it. To see the whole government system. They are looking to kill you. They want to finish you. And the president himself, he is the one who is leading all the soldiers hunting for you. Just imagine that. That they are looking for you. Do you know what made David survive? 2 Samuel 24 verse 24. See what made David survive. Then the king said to Arauna, No. But I will surely buy it from you for a price. No, will I offer bent offerings to the Lord my God with that which cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. Verse 25. Hear this. And David built there an altar to the Lord. And offered burnt offerings. Those offerings that said, same word, Doria. Which comes from the word Doron. That which you bring to the Lord. 
with a price without expecting anything. And God blesses you with it. So the Bible says, David said, I will not. Someone came to David and said, I, I, I understand you want to offer a sacrifice before the Lord. Please don't buy me. I'm giving for free. He said, no, 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 no. no. I cannot give God what I never paid a price for. Am I talking to somebody here? Remember, someone was looking for David without a price. Just to kill him. And David says, I will not give God without a price. So who will win? No reason. The enemy wants to finish you. And you, you have a reason. You have a price. You give God. And David gave God. He said, I, I, will, not, I will not give God something that does not cost me. But hear me, your giving must cost you. David said, I will not. I will not give something that does not cost me. I will, I will give that which can cost me. Now, are you following somebody? How many are following here? How many are following? Now, let's, let's continue. I want you to see the book of Matthews. Let's go to the book of Matthews. Five, verse 23. Therefore, if you bring your gift, <laughs> where? Where you bring your gift? Therefore, if you bring your gift, where? Now, as I told you before, there are different types of givings. There are what are called arms. Arms. Somebody say arms. Arms are those you give to the poor. Did you hear that? Arms you give to who? To the poor. And when you are giving these arms, the Bible says when you use your right hand, your left one must not know. Meaning, you don't give the poor and try to show people that you are doing it. Unless your intentions to show people it is a preaching. Because we are the light of the world. But if your intentions are pride, then those intentions are wrong. If you give and you announce it because you want people to learn from you. Because if you give and not say it, how will they learn from you? But if you give because you have a motive for others to learn, then it's a good motive. However, these are arms. Somebody told me, he said, Papa, I gave my tithe to the poor. I said, no, 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 no. The moment you gave to the poor, they became arms. It's not tithe. Am I talking to somebody here? Yes. Somebody said, Papa, me, I, every month I take my tithe, I give to the poor. I said, no, 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 no. That is not tithe. Those are arms. The Bible says we give arms to the poor. I said, it's a good thing you're doing, but it's not tithe. The moment you give to the poor, they change from tithe. Tithe, you give to God. You hear that? So we have what we call arms, number one. Two, we have what we call 
offerings. Offerings, it is what people bring in the house of the Lord. Some say the house of the Lord. Say it again, the house of the Lord. Those are offerings. You, you give on Sunday. Uh, raise up a hand. So you raise up a hand. Oh, Father, I pray for the offering as they give the offering. Those are offerings. Those are what? Those are offerings. Please do not mistake this. Arms, offering, tithe. Then we have what is called gifts. Or doroni. Which I'm preaching to you now. Doroni. The Bible there doesn't say if you bring your offering. No. The Bible doesn't say if you give your tithe. No. It says if you bring your gifts to the altar. So gifts are not given to people. Gifts are what we give on the altar. In other words, when we give gifts on the altar, what is an altar? An altar is an elevated place of communication. Marriages are built on the altar. If one comes on the altar and announces, it becomes marriage, even legally. I want you to hear this. An altar is a place where sacrifices are made. It depends what altar is speaking for you. Even in the demonic world, people create altars. There are demonic altars in the world. The Bible here, this is Jesus. He is not saying if you bring your offering in church. No. He is saying if you bring your gift on your altar. So every believer must have an altar where they must bring their gifts. That word gift is the word Doroni. Am I talking to you? Say Doroni. It is very dangerous to understand this. If you bring your gift, so you take your gift and you give. The word you give is didomi. The act of giving, didomi. The Bible says what? Let's read again the scripture. The Bible says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, did you notice it's a conditional statement? If, meaning that you can bring it or you cannot. So it says, if, if you bring your gift to the altar. So every believer must have an altar where they do bring, not offering only. But there must be a time where you do not just bring offering, tithe, or your seed. You go beyond that now. And they say, I want to put on my altar, my doroni, my gift. Did you hear that? And this, most people do not understand it. Doroni, it is a gift we bring on your altar. This is Jesus. He's teaching to people who are not in a church. He was preaching. So where were this? Where is this altar? Was it the altar built like this? The way it is this one. It was a spiritual altar. He says, if you bring your gifts on the altar, he says, there, remember, there, remember, on that altar, there, that Doron will begin to minister to you. He says, there, remember, that something wrong you have done. He says, leave your Doron there and go and reconcile with your brother. 
So most Christians do not understand this. This is why when Jesus was born in Matthew 2.11, let's read it there. In Matthew 2.11, when Jesus was born, there were people with revelation already. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And there, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented Doroni to him. They presented gifts to him. God, can you imagine? Can you imagine? As I told you, Doroni, it is something that must cost you something. The Bible says in 2 Samuel 24, verse 24, that King David also went on the altar. He costed, he, it costed him a lot. And he took that gift and put on the altar and said, I cannot give a gift to God which costed me nothing. So David put up a Doroni on his own altar. And the Bible says when Jesus was born, there were men that came to him with God, with the diamonds, all these precious minerals. And they brought us Doroni as gifts on the altar. Do you know why? Because God, when he's giving you things, he gives you through gifts. So he may use the gift of major one to pray for you and you can be healed. So God, God brings gifts. So we also go to him with what? Gifts. Are you understanding? So when we speak of the altar, it is not this puppet you are seeing here. No. The altar, it is what God has raised in front of you to minister to you, to pray for you, to fast for you. And people do not know how to provoke the gifts of God. People don't understand how to provoke them. In fact, gifts of God can be stirred. Apostle Paul said, stir up the gift of God, which is in you. You can actually stir it. It can be not working for you. Everybody will be receiving miracles and testimony apart from you. Apart from you, be like, but ah, I've been attending. I've been, you need to stir it up. Bring gifts to attract gifts. Are you understanding somebody? Yes, Put your hands for Jesus if you can. When I come and I tell you, it's a moment for Doroni. It's a moment to put something on your altar. So that when you are home, when you are sick in a, in, in a hospital, you can begin to tell God that let my altar rise for me. Let my altar speak for me. Because I have something on my altar. I have something on my doria. I have put my doroni on my doria. Am I talking to somebody right here? So you begin to, to tell God what you personally have done. So I'm not those preachers who just preach to you what they don't do. I tell you the truth. I do first before I tell you to do it. I do it first before I tell you to do it. So if you are watching me now, it's, it's a moment where every person must not be thinking, I'm giving this because I want my business to move. No, no, no. We, we don't do like that in, with Doroni. We give Doroni as a gift. Okay. We give Doron as what? As a gift to God. 
then that altar begins to speak for us. God can open your spiritual eyes. God can open your doors. God can deliver your child. God can do this for you because there's something on your altar. When you bow and say, God of major one, you will know on your altar there is something that can speak for you. But in, in the prophetic ministry, you need to build your own altar by giving and by raising up an altar. This is a fact. In the prophetic ministry, it's a ministry of sacrifice. It is a ministry where we also raise up altars. And nobody should say, no, 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 not anymore. Read the book of Revelation, the whole book of Revelation. You hear altars being raised. And this is the end time church. Old Testament is gone. New Testament, it is what was made in preparation for the last days, which is the book of Revelation. Unfortunately, most people are not living in the book of Revelation. They are living in the New Testament. In the book of Revelation, there are guidelines how the church must be, how Christians must live. It is in the, it is in the book of Revelation where the Bible says, in the last days, for you to survive, you must overcome. He says, whosoever shall overcome shall be given a rod of iron. So we have so many believers today still living in the New Testament. In the Revelation, it's no longer the days of apostles and pastors. Even those apostles must be prophetic. Even those pastors must be prophetic. The Bible says, I shall raise up two witnesses. And these two witnesses shall be prophets. So we are living in the days of the book of Revelation, where bishops must be prophetic, apostles must be prophetic, ushers must be prophetic. We are living in those days, and there are guidelines. When you read the Bible, the Bible speaks of blood, sacrifices, which the Bible says, and I saw blood, and the enemy offered a sacrifice to attack the church. We are living in the days of Revelation, where it is our testimonies we are giving that shall overcome the devil. The Bible said they, they overcame him with the word of their testimony. It is our testimony as we speak. And the blood of the lamb. So when we are in the days of revelation. Jesus Christ came in the New Testament and saved the people. They were no longer under the, under the law. They were under the grace. But hear what the Bible says in the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, God is coming for a church that is holy, without, without spot and blemish. He's looking for a clean church. He's looking for people who are serious. Neither cold, neither hot. It's either you are cold or you are hot. Otherwise, he will vomit you out. In the New Testament, the Bible says, no, you're under the grace. Those days are gone. In the New Testament, people are being told, you're under what? You're under the grace. So you'd be in church speaking tongues, go and drink alcohol, come in church speaking tongues. You, you are surviving. In the, in the book of Revelation, the Bible says you will be vomited. It's either you're hot or you are cold. You cannot be lukewarm. In the, in the book of Revelation, there are judgments. They are judgments. They are judgments. God has issues against people. He says, I know your works. I have this against you. 
In the New Testament, there's mercy. God has nothing against the church. I wish you were living in the New Testament church. Unfortunately, you were born late. You were in the book of Revelation, my friend. It is, it is altar versus altar. We raise altars in the book of, of Revelation. They are golden incense. They are censors. They are things we do so deep in the spirit. We bow and pray. We join the 24 elders. There are four creatures. We involve in the New Testament, there were no creatures. Angels were okay, they were fine to handle issues. In these days, we are no longer using what? Angels only. Even creatures are involved. What are you talking about? It is so dangerous that God is saying, no, 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 no. The revelation days, they will need the creatures. God must rise using an altar. Wherever you are, raise up a hand. Say, Heavenly Father, I raise an altar. In Jesus' name, let my altar speak for me. Let my altar rise for me. In Jesus' name, clap your hands for the Lord.